It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. One of us makes a cameo in the new Netflix documentary with Kirk Cousins. Find out who it is after this. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. It's a mailbag Wednesday, and that means it's a Reggie Wilson Wednesday on the Minnesota Football Party on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Welcome to the show. Thank you for watching. My name's Sam Ekstrom. I'm part of the Ron Johnson Show, Minnesota Football Party, and Minnesota Sports Rank. I'm here on the network. Find me on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. And it's a usual Wednesday with Luke and Reggie. Luke Inman, the sidekick, at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter, NFL Draft Buzz newsletter for the Locked on Podcast Network. And Reggie Wilson. He's the Care 11 sports director and anchor. He's at Reggie Wilson TV on tw- on Twitter, and I assume Threads as well. I know you're a Threads adopter. Reggie Wilson, welcome in, man. How's your Wednesday? You know, I have one Threads post, and I have not turned back. Because th- here's the thing. If we're going to go to Threads, we need to go as a family. I'm not managing all these social media apps. I can't do it. I can barely keep up with the ones I have. I think starting over for me is the most intimidating bit because I don't really do Instagram. Like I consume, you know, reels and some of my friends, but I don't really post on Instagram. I haven't tried to make a create a following. So, okay, I go to threads. I've got a hundred and some followers versus Twitter, which I built over the years. That's my roadblock. That's Mm -hmm. why I don't really care to start rebuilding on threads. Maybe that, maybe, maybe, you know, if you're Reggie Wilson, you you can build that up pretty fast. If you're Sam Ekstrom, you got to put in the legwork. So I'm Stop it. I'm digging my heels in. Uh, we've got some some great topics today. We're going to revisit Vikings Mount Rushmore, which got very controversial yesterday on the Minnesota Football Party. Luke Inman and I put together our four candidates for the final spot. We'll see what Reggie Wilson thinks about the whole thing. Justin Jefferson ranked his top five quarterbacks and left Kirk Cousins off the list. Um, big deal? No big deal. And <laughs> if Justin Fields had been drafted by the Vikings, where would they be today? We got a great Twitter question about that very topic, which we'll get into. But first, Luke, uh, you've already watched a little bit of the new Kirk Cousins Netflix doc, and you saw a clip of one of us on the screen. Don't know. I mean, what you want to show us? Show us that picture. Well, Sam, we're, we're in the midst of a Hollywood 
superstar because episode one 13 minutes and 20 second mark check it out it's our boy making a cameo check out his imdb page as we speak he's blowing up it's reggie wilson okay and if he doesn't have an emmy on the shelf by now the emmy's coming it's on its way right now get your votes in it's a done deal reggie wilson stealing the show netflix quarterback doc Pretty cool thus far, all jokes aside. I'm only maybe episode and a half in. I was explaining to Reg before the show started, the ratio is about what you expected. Mahomes kind of steals the show. He gets about 50% of the airtime. Then Cousins in second place with about 30%. And then Mariota probably lasts with about 20%. That's through an episode and a half. I assume that trend kind of continues throughout those eight episodes. But really good so far. Great behind-the-scenes inside look at some of the uh, week-by-week, some of the best games, which obviously for the Vikings 2022 season, man, there's quite a few of them. I got to think that the Cousins comebacks are going to be a huge story as that show gets into the like the meat of the season. You got to spend a substantial amount of time on Buffalo, a substantial amount of time on the Colts game, um, and probably a couple others as well, because that those were just some of the best games of the NFL season. So I think Cousins is going to really shine here during the, the regular season part of it. And then, of course, Mahomes playing through injury to win a Super Bowl. He's going to own the last couple episodes. Well, speaking of Mahomes and injury, I, I got through the Washington game leading up to the Buffalo game. And the storyline with Kirk was all the training room optics. Like he was really beat up. Remember, he took that huge hit versus Washington. The guy really laid him out. Remember, he had to come out of play. Nick Mullins had to come in. Everybody was worried. That lingered throughout the week going into the Buffalo game as well. And off the scene, it was a lot of cousins in the medical room working out with the trainers and and just how those bruises and nicks and dings linger throughout the week and how the whole mindset is I got to get ready to play in six days and hopefully by that time once that first play happens I don't even remember what injuries I was dealing with but sometimes they do carry over week to week and throughout the whole season so that was kind of the storyline at the point where I left off after that Washington game going into Buffalo. So yeah. before Luke just gives the whole thing away before anybody gets to that's it to watch. I, I think what's what's interesting about Kirk Cousins is a couple of different things. I remember several times, and Sam, you were there uh, a few times as well. Adam Thielen was asked about Kirk Cousins' toughness. You remember that after, like, immediately after some yeah. of these games, and yeah, he just praised how tough Kirk Cousins is. And I mean, look. There were some games where Cousins really took a beating. And I think it is interesting, as Luke pointed out, seeing that behind-the-scenes nature in this uh, quarterback um, series with Cousins because it's like we – I feel like Kirk kind of gets a bad rap. And, look, we – I think up until this point of his career, we know who and and what Kirk Cousins is. He's an efficient quarterback. He's going to get some things done. But I think uh, my second point, it leads me to Peyton Manning was on McAfee and he talked about just the work ethic of Kirk Cousins and the just what he does in a, on a week to week basis to prepare for these games. And you may say whatever you want to say about Kirk Cousins and his performances or whatever, but the dude is a cerebral guy. He's locked into what the the Vikings want to do and you know he may have his vices like you know the whole like you can't go broke taking a profit type thing that that shows you 
uh, checking the ball down on fourth and long uh, with the game on the line in the playoffs against the Giants. I know that's still like a, a, a sore spot for a lot of fans after seeing how that thing just kind of crumbled down. But the dude does put the work in to try to be the best that he can be on a weekend and week out basis. And I think this particular series will probably, I don't know that he's going to win over any more fans per se, but maybe, maybe the people watching can form a little bit more of an appreciation for the, for what the guy goes through and what he does on a week to week basis to get ready to be the best quarterback that he can be stepping onto the field for the Vikings every week. Yeah. And, and I'd say Kirk, he, defenders kind of bounce off of him and he pops right back up and you assume that, well, he's not hurt at all. Um, so maybe this actually does earn a little more respect to say, oh, wait, he is actually hurting. He's just playing through it. And that is even more impressive, I, I would argue, in the fact that he goes out and beats Buffalo after what Luke just told us. That's even more impressive. So uh, we're going to talk more about quarterback on tomorrow's Minnesota football party with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun. I'm sure they will have formulated some opinions as well. I'm sure Luke Edmund will have finished the show at the pace he's going. Um, so, so that'll be on tomorrow's Minnesota football party. We got to get into Vikings Mount Rushmore. Um, Luke, let's tee this up for Reggie and get his take. So Luke and I, week by week, we've been adding a face to the mountain, Vikings Mount Rushmore, and we established three that are set in stone. Alan Page, Fran Tarkenton, Randy Moss. And then we are leaving the final spot to a vote for um, our listeners and viewers. So Luke, give them the poll right now. Who are the candidates we chose and what is the vote at currently? And let me just take a step back and establish this as well. One more time, Sam. Players who were already in the Vikings ring of honor. So players only, no Bud Grant. That was a hot topic of discussion yesterday afternoon. And then no AP, who will ultimately probably be the fourth and final member someday when we look back. But as of right now, he's not in the ring of honor yet. So we took him out of the equation as well. Carl Eller, option A, 11%. He's dead last right now. That actually surprises me quite a bit. Chris Carter, option two, leading the poll right now at 52%, just over half your votes. Jim Marshall, he's in third place with 17%. And Randall McDaniel is in second place right now with mm. 20%. Over 1,000 votes. This was posted yesterday afternoon, so not even 24 hours yet, but plenty of time to get your votes in still. We're going to run this all week. We'll announce the winner next Tuesday on the football party with Sam and myself. But Chris Carter kind of running away with it right now, but again, plenty of time, still five and a half days left to get your votes in. Yeah, and Reg, I know you didn't grow up here, and I know that, and none of us you know, saw the the guys in the 70s play football but do you have do you have a take on those final four carter eller marshall from the purple people leaders and then uh, randall mcdaniel the hall of fame guard that's tough man that that's really tough because you could argue you could argue vehemently like just screaming at the top of your lungs for carter mcdaniel or marshall like those three guys, like, is there a way to do a three headed monster for that fourth spot? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you leave off Carter and, and you're like, wow, this dude is one of the most productive receivers in NFL history. And you're like, how do you how do you do that? Like right. the dude was the dude. And then you leave off Jim Marshall. We were talking just before this pod started 
127 sacks, like usually that's just like that. Those are monster numbers for a defensive guy. And then Carl Eller, he's just like, you you know, one of those names that like, obviously I never got a chance to see him play, but like one of those names that just seems synonymous for the Vikings is, you know, Carl Eller and obviously Jim Marshall uh, as well. It's just, Ooh, that, that is tough. I'm glad they're they're not uh, making me choose because I feel like because I am not from Minnesota and also I did not watch extensive film of some of the guys from back in the 70s and whatnot. I don't know that I am qualified to answer this question. I, I know that may be the 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 cheap way out. And, and Sam's grinning at me a little bit, but I don't know that I don't know that I'm qualified because for. For me, I probably go Carter just because, like, I actually saw him play and thought he was just the man. But then, like, if I talk to maybe like um, a Randy Shaver who I work with, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, he's done so many stories on these guys in the seventies um, and and their greatness. And there's a, a very big faction of our audience who will strongly argue in support of either Eller or Marshall as well. So, and they would tell me, oh, I'm just, you know, misinformed recency bias or whatever. And so I think that would just be tough. But those are some tough names on there. And then, you know, you think like way in the wings, way in the wings. You're like Adrian Peterson as well. It's just mm-hmm. one of those. Th- and, you know, I saw his whole career. And so, that whole thing is just really tough. They need to make room for another couple guys on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. But I know that's not how that works. Th- there's no wrong answer. This is so tough, and we're splitting hairs here. And a lot of people were screaming at the rooftops yesterday afternoon, Sam, where's John Randall in the mix? Yeah. Well, somebody we labored over it. Somebody big had to get cut. Um, and I think the fact that Chris Carter's kind of running away with it, while you have the Vikings all-time sack leader and Carl Eller in fourth place, while you got Jim Marshall in third place, second all-time sacks, has the volume played 19 years, Randall McDaniel has a case you could make an argument possibly the best guard ever to play the game in NFL history it's really tough but the fact that Chris Carter's running away with it tells me and tells us I think the fact that there's probably a lot of younger or more our age viewers that voted that got to witness and actually grow up and watch a guy like Chris Carter so it makes sense when you think about it from that viewpoint it does make sense, um, and we will follow that poll throughout the week on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube community page, which you can see on your feed if you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota. We get a couple thousand votes whenever Luke puts out a poll, so make sure you check that out and uh, join the fun. Luke asks a lot of very controversial poll questions. Let's just uh, put it that way. Uh, today we are brought to you by an exciting new partner, Bird Dogs. Yes, Bird Dogs. Make you look so, so good. I just ordered two pairs of bird dogs, in fact, and I am waiting every day for them to show up. In fact, a package came with my name on it yesterday. I thought it was bird dogs. It was my wife ordering from my Amazon account with my name, and she ordered couscous. I thought it was bird dogs. I wanted it to be bird dogs because bird dog shorts, they do the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They're better than regular shorts with that stiff, restrictive cotton. They fix that issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a slimmer fit. You don't sacrifice movement. You're mobile. 
You're agile in those bird dogs. They've got that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on. Enter the promo code locked on one word for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Birddogs.com slash locked on promo code locked on for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. And once mine get to my door, I certainly will not either. Uh, I'll let you know how they feel. I think they're going to feel great. Bird dogs. Buy some today. Free Yeti with that. Woo. Yeti style tumbler. Pass that up. Can't beat it. Birddogs.com slash locked on. Justin Jefferson is in the news. Um, this is, again, a very July football topic. Justin Jefferson, and I, I don't know, even know who asked him yet. Uh, a Brazilian journalist, Danilo Lacal. Danilo Lacal. I'm sorry, I, Danilo. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, but Justin Jefferson was asked his top five QBs. He goes Mahomes. Rodgers, Burrow, Hurts, Allen. You can maybe fight him on a couple of the 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 numbers there. Rodgers at number two. I don't know about that, but I don't think you can really hate on Jefferson for leaving Kirk Cousins off this top five if you're being serious about the list. Um, but if you're Justin Jefferson, do you just throw him a bone? Do you just throw him in there just because you're his guy? Or uh, do you think Jefferson did the right thing and stick to like an earnest, honest top five list, Reggie? So here's the thing. I had this on uh, care last night and it's funny because it, it started going viral yesterday, but like that video was actually posted on July 1st, but I guess we were all just kind of doing our own thing and chilling and not yeah, really holiday holiday week. Yeah. yeah. Nobody really noticed, but yeah, he put that top five list out a, a while ago now, and it's just catching on. And it's it's funny. It's funny because if nothing else, Justin Jefferson is honest. He's honest. Like that top five, I think a lot of people would probably consider that their top five as well. You know, it's so funny. We've done some top five lists, and I've left Rodgers off. And current – NFL, maybe, maybe, you know, Rodgers has a great year this year. And, you know, I know he's two years removed or a year removed from being MVP. So, you know, maybe you you take Rodgers out and you put Lamar Jackson or something like that. I don't know. But it's it's interesting. That was his list. That was that was what he felt like was his top five. And if I'm Kirk, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just like, dang, dude, you know. He only had one NFC guy on there. So we've talked about, like, the disparity of quarterbacks between the NFC and mm -hmm. the AFC. One seems to be a little bit more superior than the other. And so, you know, if you had a top 10 list of quarterbacks, I don't know that there would be a whole lot of NFC guys in the mix. But it's it's just uh, – it's just – just enough fodder for us while we're waiting on training camp to start. The MLB All-Star break is happening. You know, we got a little WNBA, but then they're they're about to go on their All-Star break as well. And it's just that slow enough of a time where something like that happens and we're like, okay. But here's what I said on Kara last night. If Kirk Cousins, who is in a contract year, goes out, and just lights it up. Number one, 
it means Justin Jefferson probably has another big year. Number two, it means that Kirk Cousins is, is going to make himself even more money. And then number three, he goes out and balls and and leads the Vikings to, to, to places that they haven't seen in a long time and earns himself a new contract and all that. Justin Jefferson probably reevaluates his top five after the season, and maybe Kirk Kirk finds his way onto that list somehow. So, you know, I think it, there was two videos. So the one video I posted last night on Care, I shared that one. There was another video that he said Josh Allen, but then he he said Kirk O'Bangs like at what, the at the very end, yeah, at the I, very I, end. So so it was like. He still he still shouted out his guy. I don't know if it was like a five A five B, but he still put Kirko. He he said Kirk's name at the end. So I don't know what that. Maybe he was just trying to be diplomatic there. But we got to go back to the tape. What? We, yeah. yeah, we got to throw the challenge him? flag out here. What, yeah. what do you yeah. call him? We call Kirk him Kirk Cobain or Kirk O'Chains, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something Bain. like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sam, I was going to ask you the one and only time I watched the clip. And this was probably a week ago. I swear I heard him say Kirk Cobain. Like, give a shout out to Kirk. And and like Reggie mentioned, Kurt Cobain, was, I think, is what he was saying. It Kurt was Cobain. yeah, there you go. It was like a five A, five B, like Reggie mentioned. But he shouted his quarterback out. Ever since then, every clip I've seen, whether it's been like cut off at the end and maybe doctored or edited, I don't know. But I haven't seen that anymore. So I don't know if it's just the original film, original interview that we need to maybe be playing. And it's getting kind of taken out of context a little bit. But I swear the first time I watched that, he did shout out his quarterback, Kirk O'Chains. I didn't realize there was video. So now, so you're telling me that the fake news media has gotten a hold of this. No, um, that's uh, that's interesting. But good. That's that's exactly what he should have done. If he if that's what he did, that's exactly right. You throw or- in your guy. Give him a, uh, throw him a bone, and uh, if people want to laugh at you, fine. But he defends his guy. I like it. Or in a weird way, you know what? Maybe it shows how close they are and how much they trust one another that he didn't put him in there. Because you know what? Sometimes when you're just starting out a new relationship or you feel like maybe I have to overextend myself or coddle this guy because nobody is going to throw out Kirk Cousins in their top five. I mean, most people aren't, right? So unless you're being a little biased, Maybe it shows that the fact that he can be honest and real and he can still go behind the scenes to his quarterback, Kirk Cousins, and go, you know what? Hey, man, uh, you're cool with that, right? Like, like, you know, we're good, right? We're all good. And Kirk's, of course, man, no sweat off my back. I don't care yeah, about that I'm stuff. I'm easily no number 12. I don't know. I don't know what you were doing. Yeah, I know my me. role now. Just outside the top 10, right? I know my role, <laughs> right? But otherwise, it's like, dude, you're not being real. You're not being honest. You're not being authentic. You feel like the need to maybe bend some truths or, again, coddle your quarterback a little bit because that connection or maybe trust isn't quite there yet. Maybe this shows that the relationship is leaps and bounds better than maybe we thought. Today, we are also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. You can bet Major League Baseball at FanDuel. Could have bet the All-Star game last night, the under hit in that 3-2 finish, and you can bet the Twins going forward into the second half of the season. Can they make a play for the AL Central? Get in the action at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Great new promotion going on right now. Bet 20, get 200, or 10 times what your initial bet is. So it could be 10, 
to get 100. It could be five to get 50. You can get free money from FanDuel, whether you win or lose, with that great new promotion. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on or the FanDuel Sportsbook app as well, which is safe, secure, easy to use, and pays you instantly. No better place to bet baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, great Twitter question as we roll on here on this Mailbag Wednesday. And again, subscribe, please, at Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on the SiriusXM app. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. This is from Bert. What would the Vikings look like today if Rick Spielman had been successful in trading up for Justin Fields? This was rumored at the time that the Vikings were interested uh, Luke Inman, draft guy, I'll give you the first crack. I think the first thing I have to ask myself is, did this buy the Rick Spielman regime an extra year? Does this buy them knowing that, okay, we went 8-9 and nine that season with Kirk. Kirk's going to start the next two years because he's under contract. He had just signed that two-year extension. So we're not going to see Fields for two years. But clearly, this new regime now has put a lot of their chips in this new young rookie quarterback, Justin Fields. So do they get an extra year, right? Do they have this get-out-of-jail-free card in their back pocket? That's the first thing you got to ask yourself. Then the second thing is, you look at the domino effect in the actual draft. So... They draft Justin Fields. They move up to do it. That means they don't have all those third-round picks and fifth-round picks. That means guys like Christian Derrissaw is in here. That means guys like Cam Bynum and Kenny Nwangu is in here. Okay, so the following year, instead of drafting Lewis Seen after a big trade back, do they target the top tackle on the board to replace Rashad Hill, who likely started that 2022 season. Maybe a guy like Trevor Penning, who went 19 to the Saints. Maybe that's an option. So I wonder, first and foremost, is Spielman and Zimmer still around? Do they keep Spielman, but go look for a new head coach like Kevin O'Connell to try to bring that marriage together between a offensive-minded quarterback guru head coach and this new young quarterback they're trying to develop? What is that whole front office and head coaching look like and then the domino effect again the trickle effect snowball of the draft itself no Darisaw no Bynum no Kenne but who else did they draft in place of that I got to imagine they would have targeted the top offensive tackle the following year like a guy like Trevor Penny yeah would we have seen Justin Fields at all at this point if they had drafted him because at the time Kirk Cousins was signed through 2022 so last year so 2021, Fields almost certainly rides the bench. Vikings have a down year. At that point, there's a crossroads, right? Um, they might have still fired Spielman and Zimmer and said, you are not the guys we want grooming our next franchise quarterback. So then they clean house. They bring in, maybe it's Quazy and KOC. Who knows? Maybe it's the same situation. And at that point, you've got your future quarterback does Quazy operate differently in that 2022 offseason? Because remember, he gave Kirk the one-year extension. That's why he's still here in 2023. Does he hold off on that extension? I think he does. I think he lets Kirk play out the contract, maybe even trade him. I think that a trade is far more likely in that, in that circumstance. Maybe you've then got a little more draft capital to build around Justin Fields, and we see Justin Fields on the field last year for the Vikings. I think that's a, a somewhat realistic scenario. So, Luke, you're the draft guy. Um, if, 
if it's a scenario where it's like this season for Kirk, like just going into a, a, a contract year where he's kind of like a lame duck, if you will, mm-hmm. and he goes out there and he balls out, but the team has kind of made their decision like, hey, we're moving forward, you know? And what's funny about that is them moving to Justin Fields this year kind of kind of makes sense like from all the other moves that they've done up until this point. Um, but if they if they lose Kirk after this past season and he, you know, he has the year that he had last year, do they get any compensatory picks or anything like that? Because uh Kirk walks or mm. how does mm. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. The compensatory picks are still a little cloudy and murky for me. I Mm. believe they would have, though. And it's kind of a rare case to see such a big prize free agent like a big-name quarterback even test the waters and hit free agency. I imagine if it checked all the boxes of what's necessary to receive that compensatory pick, which I don't know why it wouldn't. I got to imagine that would have been one of the higher compensatory picks that you'll ever see. I mean, a lot of them at the highest at the peak is maybe end of the third round. Now, granted, Mm. there's a year delay, so they wouldn't have Mm. technically received it until next year's draft. But yeah, that's a good question. Just knee-jerk reaction. I don't see why they wouldn't have got a compensatory pick unless there's some fine print at the bottom that I don't know about between his contract or something to do with the offseason, the way that he signed with the next team. But that's a good point, Reg, because you get an extra second round pick in your back pocket. That's a potential starter. And that's a, a lot of third. draft capital. Yeah, even yeah. if that's a lot of draft capital. Even if you don't use that pick, if you want to move it and, and move up or trade back for future extra picks and stockpile, whatever it may be, that's a lot coming back for a guy that's going to walk regardless anyways. Mm-hmm. And it helps soften the blow of whatever you had to use to trade up to go get Justin Fields in the first place. I think the big thing is, no matter what happened with Kirk Cousins this year, at this point, one of the biggest variables of drafting a young quarterback is having this four- or five-year window of being Mm -hmm. able to pay your quarterback, typically the most expensive position on the roster, pretty much peanuts and being able to build a Super Bowl window. So you got to take advantage of that. As much as I'd love to see guys be able to sit for a year, maybe a year and a half, just to learn the nuances of the NFL, especially at quarterback, eventually you got to pull the trigger. You got to get this guy in here because our four or five year window is slowly shrinking and closing. If we don't capitalize on that, we just whiffed and pretty much swung and miss on one of the biggest aspects of drafting a young quarterback Knock on wood, hopefully he's successful right out the gate. That gives you those potential Super Bowl windows like the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson so many years ago and kind of laid out the new blueprint for this new school of of thought from a front office standpoint. This is why we want to take a swing on a young quarterback, even if he doesn't pan out. If we can hit, it's worth the risk. Because, man, we have so much more money now to build a Super Bowl roster around that guy we're paying on a rookie deal. So here's the thing. I think if if Fields comes to Minnesota, you're probably looking at a situation kind of like Jordan Love mm-hmm. in yeah. Green Bay where, you know, Kirk is going to play for, for a couple seasons at least, and then you'll let him loose. I think some of what has been hard to evaluate with Fields is he's been in there trial by fire. And this Chicago Bears team is far, far, far from a finished product on the field. And 
you know, we talked about the the whole like him running for his life out there because the line is not all that great. He doesn't have a whole lot of weapons and and all that. They go out, they get DJ Moore, and they're they're trying to help him this year develop. But I wonder because there are still so many people. You know, we had people talking about them. You know, possibly trading fields to yeah. to go ahead and draft Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whoever you know was was gonna be at the the top spot after they they got that pick because it was like well there's still so much that we don't really know about field like is he actually gonna be good and maybe if he sits for a couple years he's able to develop a little bit able to get into a, a system and and really just kind of learn the NFL game. He's not just like learning on the fly. I think maybe maybe it's a little different. And maybe when it's time for him to get out there and, and let him loose in KLC's offense, he's just out there killing the game. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it really kind of helps his career development. But then you do lose a couple years where you're only paying him, you know, pennies waiting on Kirk Cousins to kind of move aside. Like the whole situation is, is it's interesting. It, it's quite interesting. But then you, you look at it and you're like, okay, well we got this quarterback of the future that we can build around. But now, you know, do you go out and sign uh, an expensive left tackle a la like uh, Orlando Brown who went to Kansas city um, or who went to Cincinnati from Kansas city? And, you know, do we, do we try to draft another guy or, you know, whatever the situation may be, it, it totally alters like what's, what's gone on. But mm-hmm. I think it, you, you kind of, you kind of are willing to to take that chance when you got a guy where you feel like is a, is a franchise quarterback. And maybe we see a little bit more from him after he's kind of sat a while, as opposed to getting out there. I just saw a quote from Jim Irsay yesterday. They got Gardner Minshew there, and he could definitely start and and win them some games and and be a competent starter for them. But they drafted Anthony Richardson up high like that. He's like, look, Gardner Gardner can do some good things for us out there, but we drafted Anthony Richardson. We have to play him. Well, Anthony Richardson only had one season of starting at Florida. He's going to take his licks. He's going to take his growing pains. And Ursay talked about that. And we may see something similar to what we saw out of Justin Fields, but if Fields was able to sit for a bit behind Cousins, maybe we don't see such the growing pains from him and he's able to work on some things while he's just kind of sitting behind Kirko for a, a bit and then he comes out and lights it up. Yeah, a lot of good points there. Yeah. Just real quick, Reggie brought up the fact that, all right, maybe we go sign a guy like Orlando Brown. Boy, it's been a long time. It's been a lot of off-seasons, guys, since Vikings fans – have been able to get excited about free agency because there is just no money on this salary cap when you have a quarterback soaking up so much money. And it's just funny how much flexibility all of a sudden you have when you're paying a a quarterback rookie money on that rookie scale. The things you can do to start placing those pieces around that quarterback, like going to make a big splash. A guy like Orlando Brown, just for example there. And then the other thing before we wrap up, we got to imagine it just for 10 seconds. The thought of, Drafting in the 2020 draft, arguably the best blue chip wide receiver prospect in the last decade, and then marriaging that guy with a potential franchise quarterback in the very next draft in Justin Fields. Boy, 
a Justin to Justin combo for the next decade in purple would have been awfully exciting to at least watch develop and progress over these next three, four, five years, especially if you got an offensive mind like Kevin O'Connell, a young, fresh quarterback guru, offensive minded scheme worthy coach to kind of ride the bus, right? Drive the ship a little bit and develop those guys just like Sean McVay did with Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford and guys like that. So, yeah, that would be awfully exciting as well. A Justin to Justin combo for the next decade. How about that? And it's not like Fields has had any supporting cast whatsoever in Chicago. So maybe if you give him a player of that caliber, maybe we feel a little differently about what he can do with his arm uh, going downfield. And one quick cleanup, talking about compensatory picks. Um, And it's not fully baked in my mind either, but I I do know the third round is the highest you can get. Okay. So third through seventh is on the table, and then they cancel out, right? So you gain... You gain the third round, but oh, it cancels out because you sign this other guy. That was also mm-hmm. a third round value. So the Vikings are flush with cash next next free agency, right? Like that's the plan is to have a lot of money available. So they could lose Kirk for a third round valuation. But then if Quazy goes and gets like the best player at cornerback on the market, that could cancel out the Kirk comp pick, right? And, and in fact, the Vikings may not get any comp picks because they might be bringing in more than they lose. So that that's kind of how that works. So Kirk is a piece of it, but unless they lose a bunch of other pieces as well, they may not end up landing any comp picks in, in 2025. So that's yeah, just that's a good that's point. A roundabout way of cleaning that up. Um, good show, though, gentlemen. Appreciate your contributions. Reggie Wilson, CARE 11, doing the news there. Uh, Reggie Wilson TV on Twitter. Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. And I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Back tomorrow, Arif Hassan, Luke Braun, talking quarterback, the Netflix doc, and plenty more on the Minnesota football party. Until then, so long. Be blessed. Spread love. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.